Hi friends, welcome to the Mother with a Loud Mind podcast. If this is your first time joining, thank you so much for being here. I highly encourage you to go back to episode zero, I almost didn't do this, where you can get a little insight into what future episodes will be about and get to know me a little better. If you are a returning listener, you are seriously the coolest and I appreciate you endlessly. Please feel free to give this podcast a review and rating at the end of the episode. It really helps us grow and reach a larger audience. I'm your host, Morgan Klontz. Let's get into today's episode. Today's episode is kindly sponsored by Taupe Tansy Boutique. Taupe Tansy was started by owner JC last September. My favorite thing about this boutique is the size inclusivity. And that was JC's goal in opening the shop. She wanted women of all sizes to be able to shop her pieces. If you know me, you know I love a good neutral. But sometimes I like to add a pop of color to my wardrobe too. And Taupe Tansy provides all of those options. You can shop online at topetansyboutique.com, and if you're local to Andalusia, Alabama, you can choose local pickup at checkout. They were nice enough to give us all a discount code, and it is morganlee15, all one word. Tope Tansy is linked in my Instagram bio at morganlklotz, and I also have a reel over there trying on some of their new arrivals. Go show them some love and tell them Morgan sent you. Do you remember that tweet that was circulating social media like a year ago? And it comes back every once in a while that it was this person saying something along the lines of when I was in the fifth grade, I accidentally or maybe someone else stabbed themselves with a pencil. And instead of telling the teacher, they just sat there with a pencil in their arm all day. I can't remember exactly what it said, but it was basically saying that they would rather sit they're in pain with this pencil sticking out of their arm for the rest of the school day instead of bringing the attention to their teacher and telling someone and asking someone for help and making it their issue. And to me, that is the epitome of a people pleaser. Sitting in your suffering because you cannot possibly imagine disrupting someone else's life for just a moment. And I know for me personally, the feeling of being a burden to someone else or asking someone for help or for a favor or God forbid disappointing someone is just this catastrophic event in my mind. Well, it used to be. I think I'm I'm getting better. Um, And I think as women, we are conditioned from a very early age to make sure everyone else is happy and everyone has their needs met. And once they're good... You can focus on yourself. You want to be a good wife, right? You want to be a caretaker. You want people to look at you and say, wow, she's such a great mom. She's so selfless. That's like the biggest compliment for us moms is that we're selfless, right? It's written in like every Mother's Day card ever made. We're always doing whatever we can to put everyone else first, to be a nurturing person. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that at all. But I think there's this gray area where selflessness can become selfishness. Okay, hear me out. So I was really thinking probably too much about this the other day. And I was like reflecting on episode one where I talked about taking care of yourself as a mom and putting your feelings first for just a second and saying, okay, yes, here's what's going on in my life. I need some help, maybe some therapy, maybe some medication. 
And the more I thought about it, I came to the realization that the more selfless we are, the more we completely forget about us and our needs, the more selfish that is. Because when we don't tend to our needs, that's when the burnout starts to happen, right? We're so tired. We're so exhausted. We're doing everything for everyone else that we become so worn down and our patients become so thin that we start to lose it on our kids, on our spouse, on our friends. We start to become bitter and resentful of the life everyone has, how easy our husbands have it, how perfect everyone else's kids are. And that is extremely dangerous for relationships and marriages. Resentfulness brings disappointment and it breeds war between you and your partner. And something I'm currently working on in my own relationship is laying out exactly what my needs are without having this unspoken expectation and saying, okay, this is what I need. Here is how you can help me achieve that and seeing to it that it gets done. I can't expect Taylor to know that I'm having a bad mental health day or that I'm struggling or I need help with whatever it may be if I don't tell him, right? When you start to abandon yourself, you also begin to abandon your family and your kids. And I think when you as a mom and as a wife start to do this, start telling what you need, laying it out clearly, everyone else will follow suit. When you become more clear about your needs, your spouse will become more clear about their needs. Your kids will see that it's okay to do that and they'll feel comfortable expressing their desires, not just materialistically, but more importantly, emotionally. And they'll grow up knowing that it's okay to have wants and to ask for help and be comfortable sharing their feelings openly. How many of you were told that you were an easy child? I know I certainly was, and sometimes I still am. This is something I actually caught myself saying about my own kids just the other day. Um, Taylor's been working out of town. If you don't know, he's a general contractor. He does a lot of construction work. So he's been working out of town. He's been um, in the Outer Banks about two hours away, and he's been gone. Well, he was gone for about eight days. He's home now. And my mother-in-law was checking in, asking how I was managing being at home alone without any help. Um, And I responded with, oh, I'm fine. I have easy kids. And I want to explain why that can have a negative effect on them in the long run and open the door to these people-pleasing tendencies that they may deal with the rest of their life. Okay, so... From a young age, you're compared to your siblings and you're told you're the easy kid. You're go with the flow. You don't really care. You don't really have an opinion. You just want to do what everyone else wants to do and you're cool. And from that, it becomes your life goal to maintain that easy child title, right? And I think it has caused me to kind of retreat when asked my opinion and not want to have a differing opinion And like when someone says, would you rather have this for dinner or that? Um, I usually answer with, oh, it it doesn't matter. Whatever's easiest for you. And I love this example that Glennon Doyle gives in her book, Untamed. If you haven't read it, I think everyone, I think everybody should, should read it. Um, It has some really good takeaways, but she's talking about having her kids are having friends over and the boys are all sitting in one room watching TV, playing a video game or whatever they're doing. And she goes in, she says, Hey, are you guys hungry? Do you want a snack? 
And without even glancing up from what they're watching or whatever they're doing, they in unison say, yes, please. And then she moves on to the next room that the girls are in and asks the same question. Are you guys hungry? Do you want a snack? And what do the girls do? They all look to each other. They're gauging to see what the response should be. And then the silently elected spokesperson of the group speaks up and says, no, we're fine. Instead of looking within themselves to answer the question, am I hungry? Do I have a need at this moment? They turn to the group for the okay to express their need or to even see if they have a need or if they should have a need, if it's the appropriate time. And there's like this unspoken decision being made for all of them because they're all thinking the same thing. And how often do we as women literally, I'm fine, ourselves to death? Like we could have just run a marathon and when someone offers us water, we say, oh, no, I'm fine or it's okay, I'll get it myself. And it's because we, especially as women, are conditioned to be easy and to look to others for validation instead of looking within ourselves and saying, okay, this is what I need, and this is how I myself can satisfy that, or this is how someone else can help me satisfy that. And we're taught to always, no matter what, put everyone else's needs before our own. Make sure everyone else is taken care of first. You feed your husband, you feed your kids, and then you can eat a cold dinner later once the kitchen is clean. And when you start to take care of others' wants and needs, you begin to take responsibility for their happiness. And it becomes this vicious cycle of when someone else is unhappy, it must be because you aren't doing enough or you aren't doing it well enough. So you begin to overexert yourself. If I please this person, they will love me more. And that's when I know I've done a good job. But they have to validate me before I can validate myself. We forget what we need and what we want when we learn how to please. And we become apologetic for even having wants and needs. When I gave birth to my daughter, it was a quick birth. And I planned to share my birth stories in a couple weeks. Um, but long story short, I did not have an epidural. I was obviously in pain. Things were moving very quickly. And after she was born, I hemorrhaged. And it was a mess. It was literally a mess, but I kept apologizing to the doctors and nurses for everything. I was basically apologizing for them having to do their job, and I was so hesitant to ask for water, ask them to raise or lower my bed, help me get comfortable, help me go to the bathroom, and I was literally saying sorry for bleeding while I'm quite literally in the middle of bleeding out on the table. I lost like 40% of my blood, and finally... My doctor looked at me and said, what on earth are you apologizing for? You just birthed a human and it is my job to take care of you. So stop apologizing. And it's deemed as admirable to be that way, but it's not. We shouldn't have to feel the need to apologize in situations where we have done absolutely nothing wrong. Why can't we as a society admire the woman that knows her needs, can recognize them, and can voice them? And how come when a woman is brave enough to do that and finally musters up the courage to say, this is what I need, they're called needy or they're called codependent? So that is why in my home, I'm really trying to implement expressing your wants and needs and not being intimidated to do so um, or being scared that you'll be met with judgment, especially 
from a parent. And I'm actively working on this myself. Um, you cannot want less for yourself than you do for your kids. They see right through you. Even as young as my son is, he's not even two. He's so quick to pick up on my mannerisms. And kids are just so smart. It, it blows my mind every day. They pick up on your emotions. They know when you're stressed. They know when you're sad. And they're sponges. They absorb everything. So I'm really working on becoming more conscious of the things I do and say and how I act and how Taylor and I treat one another. Because eventually, everything we do is going to come out in our kids. And it may take a few years, but it's going to happen. So do you want them to become like you and become so intimidated and, and fearful of expressing themselves? Or do you want them to feel comfortable telling you or their spouse or anyone that they need help or what their needs are? You cannot want less for yourself than you do for your kids. And... I also want to quickly talk about looking to other people to validate our wants and validate our feelings and how we as people pleasers take other people's opinions to heart so much and take things so personally that we don't even know how to form our own opinions anymore. And especially now with social media being as large as it is, seeking validation from complete strangers has become the only way to gauge our importance. We put so much value into the number of followers we have, the number of likes our photos get, the number of comments, that it sucks the fun right out of sharing your life on social media and just becomes this rat race of who can get the most. And it, it becomes this game of, is this photo good enough to get 500 likes instead of, I really like this photo, I want everyone to see it. We want other people to look at what we post and say, wow, that, that's a great looking family. Or, wow, she dresses her kids in matching outfits. She's really got it together. Or, oh my gosh, her husband went here and they did this and they went on a date and they're so in love. And I know I'm certainly guilty of deleting a post if it's not doing as well as I'd like it to. Like, if it doesn't break 50 likes in 10 minutes, it's got to go. Like, it, it must be terrible. People must think I'm, I'm ugly. And my life is boring. And gosh, if I lose a follower, I think about it for days trying to figure out what I could have done wrong to make someone so uninterested that they unfollowed me. Like my life depends on the analytics of my Instagram. I don't make money off Instagram. It doesn't matter how well my posts do. But what's important to me is that other people are seeing how well it's doing. And, and it's been really hard for me to stop basing my life off of numbers. Even since I launched this podcast, I've become obsessed with checking the numbers. How many downloads? How many shares? How many listeners? Like, why does that matter to me? How come I am depending the value of my work, the importance of the things I'm saying on how many people listen to it? I didn't start this podcast to make money. I haven't made a dime off of it. And I'm not trying to turn it into this career. So why can't I just be confident enough in what I'm doing and the things I'm talking about to not care, to not obsess over the numbers? And since when is a post that gets 10 likes any less important than a post that gets 10,000 likes? And I'm so glad 
Instagram has made it an option. If you don't know, you can hide the like count on your post and you can make it where you can't see the number of likes other people get and they can't see yours. And I highly recommend you try it. Just go into your settings. Uh, I think it's maybe under notifications. Uh, I don't know. Um, but if you Google it, they'll definitely tell you how to do it. I've done it. And it makes your scrolling a lot more enjoyable. It does take some getting used to, but it really pointed out to me how often I check not only my numbers, but the numbers of other people. And it all comes back to this people-pleasing behavior. We want people to think that we're doing a good job. We want people to have this perfect picture of us in their mind. We want to be categorized as easygoing. We want people to know that they can count on us for anything and that we will always say yes to whatever they ask of us. And I've really been thinking and reflecting and trying to come up with a solution. And I really think the only solution is to become comfortable with the thought of possibly making someone else uncomfortable. And by uncomfortable, I mean not doing every single thing that I've, that is asked of you because you don't want to. Not wanting to do something is a perfectly valid reason for not doing it. I can name countless times that I've taken on way more than I could handle just because I didn't have the heart to say no. Well, it's not even that I didn't have the heart. It's that I was scared to say no. I was scared of what they were going to think of me. I was scared of the response I would receive. Like they were going to be so angry at me when really I had just created this scenario in my mind and overthought things so much that I scared my own self into saying yes. So you have to start by changing your thinking. If you're a people pleaser, your automatic response to everything is always yes. Yep, I'll take care of it. I got it. I can do it. No problem. So you really have to learn to inventory your own wants and needs and what's going on in your life before responding. And you also have to train your brain to know that the word no is a complete sentence and you don't have to give a 20-minute explanation as to why you're saying no. I also have like this extreme phobia of people talking about me behind my back and it's going to happen. People talk. We all have those people in our lives that just gossip nonstop and we don't know why they do it. Maybe it's for attention. Maybe it's just to have something to talk about. Maybe it's to make themselves feel better. Who knows? Anyhow... I literally try to avoid that all cost. And if somebody does choose to talk about me, I want them to only have positive things to say. And that, dang it, it will wear you out. And so I think if I do tell someone, no, I can't do this, or no, I can't make it to that, they're immediately going to run and say to someone else, well, Morgan said no, and proceed to talk about me negatively for the next three to five business years. Like, it, it was this huge deal. Um, and I mean, that may be the case for a few people in my life. Like I said, people are going to talk, but then that poses the question of why am, why am I surrounding myself with people that I constantly have to worry about whether or not they're going to run behind my back and what they're saying behind my back. It's good for thought. I'm just saying, check your circle. And again, I have to become comfortable with the idea of someone saying something negative about me to someone else. I am quickly, quickly learning that no matter what I do, I cannot please everyone. There is always someone that's going to have something negative to say about what you're doing. So I'm going to leave you with that. Um, I, I, I hope maybe this 
changed your perspective a little, caused you to think a little bit. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm still, it's something I'm working on every day. I still consider myself a people pleaser, but a recovering people pleaser. And, um, I also think having kids has changed my mindset. Um, I don't want to say I use them as an excuse, but it gives me, um, more of a backbone to say no, because, um, I'm, I, I want to put my kids first in everything I do. I want to put my family first. So it's making it a little easier for me to say no. Um, you can't say no to doing the dishes because you don't want to do them. I mean, you could. That's none of my business. But um, yeah, that's that's what I want to talk about today. Go listen to Cup of Tea by Casey Musgraves. It'll make you feel better. Of course, our third episode will be out next Friday. And until then, I challenge you to tell someone no this week within reason. And I also challenge you to turn your likes off on Instagram. It'll make a difference. All right, friends, we'll chat soon. We have officially made it to the end. <laughs> Thank you so much for making it this far. If you stick around for just another second, I'd love to share some affirmations with you today. I am a good mom. I am exactly who my kids need. I am grateful for the time I get to spend with my kids. My kids do not need a perfect mom. I will stay calm, even in the midst of chaos. I am worthy of love and affection. God wants what's best for my life, so I will relinquish all my fears onto Him, as they are not my burden to bear. I will live in the moment today and not stress about my past or worry about the future. My past mistakes do not define who I am now. I am a strong and competent woman. I am an intelligent individual. God has called me to motherhood, and through Him I can do all things. I love my body and am comfortable in my own skin. I am exactly where I am supposed to be. I am a kind human being. I am not just a mom. <laughs>